0: Hi, I'm Roxanne Serta, and I'm the acquisitions editor for c Publishing. I've been acquiring books for nearly 20 years, and the past seven of those have been here at c Through my job, I get the privilege of meeting countless designers, authors, and industry professionals who all do amazing things with their creativity. I'll be bringing some of those quilting and stitching personalities to this podcast to share their amazing stories and insider information. Download the latest episodes and get to know great crafters, learn the backstories behind events and people, and hear funny stories from people living the crafty life. This is Roxanne Sarda, and thank you for joining me for Behind the Scenes. Today, I'm talking to Amy Ray. Amy is an artist, a graphic artist, an embroidery designer, and an author. You're likely familiar with Amy for her well-known doodle stitching books and her frequently woodland-inspired little deer embroidery patterns, projects, and kits. And so Amy, thank you so much for taking time to sit down and talk and talk to me for a little bit.
1: Oh yeah, thanks for having
0: me. Well, and you know, it was it was funny because so you and I have really only ever talked about embroidery because that you know, that's the book topics we've had under consideration and, and we've got underway. I originally thought that we would start out this interview by talking about your transition from graphic art to embroidery art. As I started doing my research for the episode, I realized you actually haven't ever stopped working in graphic arts. You know, you you do both simultaneously. Like, how do those work together?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I did graphic design professionally for other companies for about 15 years before I quit to do my own thing but I do definitely use graphic design my de- my design background in all of my designing for my patterns I do all of my artwork in Adobe Illustrator after sketching it by hand and I also do all of the design and illustration for my website, my logos, my packaging, everything myself. So it is, it is really important to be able to translate everything I do to digital files for printing and production, whether it's for my printed fabric samplers or books that I'm writing. So, yeah, my design experience has definitely been useful.
0: I, I think people who know you in one area or the other might not realize that you actually run two separate Little Deer businesses. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you keep that separate? Do they overlap? Are your customers really different?
1: Um, Yeah, I do have one Etsy shop for my embroidery and sewing craft patterns and a second one that has all downloadable digital paper craft files and also wall art prints that are all my own artwork. I think the customers are similar. They're both really into DIY and crafty things. So I try to cross-promote the shops, you know, to each other and get my stitchers interested in paper crafting and vice versa.
0: Is it a lot to juggle to have two separate things? Because it seems like it could
1: be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes and no. I mean, my paper, my printable um, Etsy shop is much smaller scale. I And it's also kind of runs itself because it's all downloads. And so for the most part, people buy something and download it. And that's the end. I don't really have to do anything else. So that helps a lot. It has started to be a lot of work, especially since my embroidery and craft side has grown so much this year. And so that side has kind of been put on the back burner, (laughs) but I'm trying to, I am trying to keep up with both of them.
0: And I, you know, I totally agree. Downloadable, you know, could be a lot easier. And on the embroidery, I see that you've got, you know, you've got hand embroidery patterns that are PDFs, so those are downloadable. But you also have them as printed fabric samplers, and then kits, like. Why the variety? Like, why give yourself that extra headache?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I find that different people do have different needs. I mean, some people are seasoned crafters and already have a big stash of supplies they're just waiting to use up, while other people are brand new to embroidery, and they like to get everything, all the supplies together in a kit. And also, uh, the PDF downloads are especially good for people, like, overseas who may not want to pay Mm -hmm. extra shipping. And also people who I have lots of people who only buy PDF downloads. And so they're just they just have that, you know, system or they know how it how it works and how to use them to their best ability. And so that's what they like. Also, PDF downloads are can be more customizable because you have that digital file. So you can use bits, parts of it for different things or how use it however you like.
0: Oh, OK. And I'm kind of going to switch things around a little bit in that. So with so many, you touched on this a little bit, that there are so many people now that are new to embroidery since we've all been home. So there's your elephant in the room. We've all been home, we've been doing different things, and we've also seen a big spike in embroidery if somebody's thinking of trying embroidery for the first time like what is the best entry point or like entry project
1: if you've never embroidered before i would suggest like a basic stitch sampler i have one in particular that is like the most popular thing that i sell and it's a printed fabric sampler that has um 13 basic embroidery stitches on it and they're all labeled right on the fabric. So once you're finished with it, you have a handy stitch reference that you can go back and say, oh yeah, I remember how I did that. So yeah, that's a really good place to start to learn some basic stitches and you have endless possibilities ahead once you learn just a few basics.
0: Okay. Well, you know, and that kind of leads me to another question that I've kind of, I've noodled about a little bit in that, you know, I like to play on your site because it's fun. And you have a lot of different samplers up there, but they're not traditional samplers in that you really approach the concept of sampler differently. So like what kind of inspired you to kind of take those in a different direction?
1: I guess I've never been super familiar with what a traditional sampler looks like. I mean, (laughs) um, when I started embroidering as an adult, I just started by stitching my own sketches and designs. So I've always loved anything whimsical and fanciful, and especially nature motifs. So I started out just designing patterns that I wanted to stitch for myself, and it turned out a lot of other people wanted that too.
0: Well, if you haven't checked them out, you should definitely go look because they're really they're interesting in that you get a lot of stitches in there, but what you end up with doesn't look like the old alphabet treehouse kind of sampler that you might have. They're really fun. Um, So in speaking of beginners one of the things that I think people find potentially intimidating or maybe indulgent when they're trying like something new is the stuff. Mm -hmm. So like all that shopping and spending that you need to do before you can even start your first project. So for embroidery. Like what are the things that somebody really must have in order to try something for try that for the first time?
1: One of the reasons I love hand embroidery is that it is so easy and inexpensive to get the supplies that you need. You can literally start embroidering with just like a hoop, an embroidery needle and floss and some fabric which um, you can find all those things at any craft store. And fabric, if you're just starting out, a great place to look is your clothing or linen closet. I mean, you can always find a little corner of something to you know practice on or add a little bit of embellishment to. So all you really have to do is stretch the fabric onto the hoop, thread your needle and start stitching. So it's as easy as that really. And another thing I love about embroidery is that it doesn't have a lot of rules. You can make something fun and make a really cute, little design on something with just a few basic stitches or even just by freestyling it should they
0: look for like an actual quote-unquote embroidery needle or is there like some flexibility in there
1: it's flexible Um, I like to buy packs of embroidery needles that have like a few different sizes because if you look at the floss you'll divide your floss up it has six threads twisted together and you'll usually divide those up and use less for you know depending on what kind of project it is. So you could use a smaller needle with a smaller eye for less threads or a larger eye for more threads, that kind of thing. But basically you can embroider with any kind of sharp needle that you can thread and put through fabric.
0: (laughs) Years and years and years ago, I apparently got some bug and I took all the needles out of all the cards and put them in like a really pretty needle book, but I didn't Mm -hmm. separate what was what. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what they're for. It'll be fun. So if somebody has a bunch of stuff like that, maybe they've got some things they've inherited or they had for a while and they put to the side, like what should they hunt and peck for?
1: Um, Like I said, a sharp needle that just has an eye big enough to thread, you know, a few threads of embroidery floss through an embroidery hoop to stretch the fabric on, keep it, you know, flat and tight while you're stitching. And then you just knot the end of the thread, pull it through the back of the hoop and, (laughs) go to it. It's as simple as
0: that. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Definitely if you're sitting at home and you're bored, jump in. Well, and I see also that you've got some basic starter kits. Are those new, like in response to kind of at home, like mandatory at home shopping?
1: Um, I've actually had Startup kits for a few years and it is a great way to get exactly what you need to start stitching. But yeah, they've been great this year, especially because people have trouble getting out to shop or they don't want to spend a lot of time out looking for the supplies that they need. They've done really well. I've actually had some trouble myself keeping them in stock earlier in the year. And I had to get creative with obtaining some of my supplies online (laughs) and and searching out new shops that I could order things from because I didn't want to, you know, myself spend a lot of time out. They're still in and they're still doing well. We all know that particular pain from the beginning of this year. (laughs) I know, yeah.
0: During this podcast season, I've been talking a lot with people in the creative industry about how... You know, what are you doing or what do you think we need to be doing to keep the amazing variety of creative products and projects flowing in the middle of all of this? And so that when we come out of the pandemic, we have artists still working so that people have their inspiration and their patterns and everything. What do you feel like we should be doing or what do you think consumers should be aware of in terms of keeping it all going?
1: I think it's really important to continue to support small businesses in general. I mean, your local small businesses, as well as artists and and craft businesses online that you admire, because those people, this is their life, you know, this is all they have. And I myself try to keep supporting other artists as much as I can. And I think it's just a great way to continue to build community and support each other.
0: Well, and I noticed that you have like a subscription program as part of your mm-hmm. business. How does that work? And do you feel like subscribing to favorite artists is kind of more important now than maybe it was a year ago?
1: Yeah, I do have a monthly subscription programs through patreon.com for both embroidery fabric samplers and um, felt sewing pattern PDFs. So um, when you subscribe, you get one or the other or both and they're all new exclusive designs each month. I really love creating for these. It's, it's a lot of fun for me to release new projects to my subscribers each month. And I'm super grateful to each of them for choosing to craft with me and we get to sew something along together. You know, like I said, it builds that community together so so yeah it's it's so important to support artists and small businesses during this time especially when things are so unpredictable it's a great way like a subscription is the great way to keep yourself motivated to be creative and take that time for yourself to relax and you know self-care and (laughs) and treat yourself to a new craft project each month to do
0: maybe people who are newer to crafting or who haven't tried embroidery yet don't know how relaxing and meditative it really yeah
1: yeah (laughs) it definitely is I mean even now that I do it for a living it's still I mean that stitching time is still really relaxing and calming for me
0: yeah so if you haven't tried it and you're a little bit stressed out it doesn't matter what it ends up looking like but it is helpful (laughs)
1: right it's the process that is very meditative and calming
0: It is. I kind of find that when I'm doing it, I have to concentrate just enough on what I'm doing that I can't be thinking of 30 different things at the same time.
1: It's a good thing to do while you're like watching Netflix or something because, you know, it keeps your hands busy. You can do it while you're, you're looking up and down, that kind of thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can, I can listen to a book or I can watch a right. TV show or a movie, but I can't be worrying about something else that has to be solved if I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah. try to put the needle where it's supposed to go. Yes. <laughs> Changing gears ever so slightly, because it's still kind of stuck at home topic-wise, but I wanted to ask, kind of, how are you finding continuing to create during the pandemic? As somebody who's worked from home for quite some time, are you finding things now much different or is it just kind of now everybody's doing the same thing you are?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess the biggest difference for me is that my kids are home all the time now too. So (laughs) working around them can be a challenge. Yeah, I really just feel so grateful to be able to continue to do what I do from home and also that I have the opportunity to help people find some peace and joy through creativity. Um, when you're stuck at home, that can be so important, you know, just to have that outlet. But um, hand embroidery, yeah, it can be so, and sewing, hand sewing also can be so soothing and a great way to just relax and calm your nerves. And I'm really thrilled and and thankful to be able to offer that to people.
0: If your kids are at home, um, which mm-hmm. I mean, most kids everywhere are right now, like, are you adding
1: embroidery into their curriculum <laughs> or they get out of it? <laughs> Their interest is here and there on it. You know, every so often they'll be like, oh, yeah, most of the time they're like, here, make this for me. (laughs) So, you know, I design a lot of little felt animal patterns and stuff like that. And so they'll sometimes design a character or have an animal or something and say, here, make this felt animal for me. And so I kind of try to rope them in and, and, you know, get them stitching on it themselves too. But we do some projects like that together. So that's fun.
0: And I love the ages when they're willing to do so. That's the best part. Have you like, are there new projects or new directions you've taken in response to like so many people staying at home?
1: Well, like we talked about before the full kits with all supplies included um, have been a priority because it is harder for people to get out and get supplies or spend a lot of time, you know, being out in public, but I'm definitely focusing on keeping that kind of stuff available. But Really, I'm just trying to keep, continue creating new designs that I know people will enjoy.
0: And I know, and I keep or slobbering over your kits, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't checked the kits out, you should. Even though, in complete honesty, I probably have everything in the kits except for, <laughs> right. except for the, the motif. Let's see. Well, and I wanted to talk a bit too about your new book. I know it sounds a little bit self serving, but I find it really interesting because the book that you and I worked on together uh, originally is really quite a departure from your earlier books. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about like, what was it that prompted you to take a different direction? I've been to say somewhat different because fans of your earlier work, you know, will still love this book, but what was it that kind of put you over into that? Like, let's do something new kind of direction.
1: Well, I've had ideas for this type of book in my mind for years. So while most of my previous books are focused on creating or embellishing like a finished project featuring embroidery, like a bag or clothing or useful home decor items, that sort of thing, really my favorite way to use embroidery is just as an art form. And so this book really focuses on different ways and techniques to just create your own hand embroidery art that you would like hang on the wall, possibly, you know, a home decor item. But for the most part, think like wall art type stuff.
0: Well, and so your subtitle on that book is Move Beyond the Pattern. What does that mean? Like, what should the reader understand from
1: from that? Um, basically just try to think beyond what's spelled out for you in the project instructions. So think about mixing and matching different techniques, explore, try new things, discover your own creativity.
0: Well, and one thing that I, I find pretty cool about that one, um, your new book is that you included everything in there that is kind of modern embroidery. So if you, if you like things that are embroidered and you're playing around on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, if you've seen kind of a unique display idea or a spin or a different kind of substrate to embroider on, it's likely in there. Is (laughs) there anything that you actually left out? So you kind of, now you're like either you wish you'd put it in or you left it out because it's like not your cup of tea.
1: Oh, there's always, always more. (laughs) I really, I've, I've tried to explore a lot of different ideas from things like stitching your kids' artwork to crayon tinting and stitch journals. But yeah, I mean, I can definitely see a book of even more like advanced stitches or involved projects. There's literally always something more that you can experiment with, whether it's embroidery or any other craft or art form. So I'm always super inspired by um, the things that I see online. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, every time I feel I like, oh yeah, yeah, there's that too.
0: Although I could pretty much ensure that mine's not going to look like yours.
1: <laughs> but that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I love for people to take my patterns and add their own ideas and create something unique with them. So for this book, I I kind of created a lot of starting points like ideas and techniques that you can use as a jumping off point to take and create a one of a kind or custom piece of embroidery art that you will treasure. It can almost be an heirloom type thing or, and that you'll love working on as well. Well, do you have people share their photos with you? mm mm-hmm. I get tagged a lot on Instagram for people who um have been working on my my samplers or book projects and things. I always love to see pictures of what people are making. That's a lot of fun.
0: I'll have to go check that out because I think most of it I just go straight to your account, but I need to check the hashtags too I think
1: well, and so this is a,
0: a little bit of a non sequitur, but you know, like I said, I've been talking a lot with people about you know staying home because I think right now it's really important to kind of share you know experiences and i think a lot of people stuck at home are finding themselves lacking inspiration or motivation is that something you're tackling and if so what are you doing to kind of counteract that
1: yeah i definitely get frustrated and overwhelmed and depressed in the midst of this craziness that we're living in right now sometimes it feels like i'm dragging myself out of bed but i really do love what i do and having projects that I created, and I'm excited to work on makes it all worth it. And for as long as I can remember, I've had a long, long, long list in my head of projects and things that I want to do. And so I'm never at a loss for what to do, even if I don't feel like working on something, there's something else waiting in line that I'm like, well, I could do that maybe instead for a while, you know, so. I don't have a lot of trouble keeping myself motivated just because of that. But like I said, I definitely feel the stress too.
0: Well, and sometimes I think doing something, even if it's like five stitches or one oh, email, yeah. it, it kind of can help break that up a little bit. So
1: what do you have going on next? Do you have anything exciting coming up? Um, Well, besides the embroidery art book that just came out, I have a new kit coming out that I designed for Thunder Bay Press. And it's patterns inspired by Jane Austen and her writings. it's called Embroider the World of Jane Austen. And it's a kit that contains um, some fabric and floss, as well as the patterns and book. And that was really fun. And I think that fans of hers will really love it. I'm always working on new designs for my shops and for my Patreon. Uh, One of my recent designs is a set of Woodland Alphabet and Numbers embroidery samplers. And they're really sweet and whimsical and perfect for like a kid's room or a Woodland nursery. They're really fun to work on.
0: And yeah, I bet you're in just starting the uh, middle of duck and cover season, meaning like the holiday
1: shopping season. Right, yeah. Trying to gear up for that a little bit too. Yeah.
0: Do people kind of start a little bit early? Because I mean, I'm sure some people gift like your kits and things, but if you're going to make something for somebody, you're probably not going to start at December 1st, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I think people start, well, I mean, I sell Christmas patterns and stuff all throughout the year that people will grab and start working on early. I think the rush for me starts around end of October, or beginning of November, and goes pretty steady through the end of the year. So I'm going to have to go check out
0: your Jane Austen kit because my daughter... Yeah. Kill me for putting this on here, but her middle name is Jane, and it's for a reason. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she won't. She won't treasure it till later. But if I make it for her yeah. now, at some point, she will. Right. Where is the best place to go if people want to find out more about you, your work, everything you've got going on?
1: Um, Little-dear.com, D-E-A-R uh, is my website, and from there. Um, you'll find links to all my Etsy shops, Patreon subscriptions. And there are also um, a lot of embroidery and craft tutorials. If you're just starting out with sewing or hand embroidery. So yep. Little dash deer.com.
0: Awesome. All right. So if you're new, you can go there and figure out how to do it and get what you need. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a nice, that's a nice bonus for right now. All right. Well, you know what? Thank you so much. I know you've got, like you said, you're gearing up for the holiday season and everything else under the sun, so I appreciate you taking time. Yeah, of course. Thank you. This is Roxanne Serta. Thanks for listening to Behind the Scenes. Want to know more about our outstanding group of authors and their books? Visit us online at CT Publishing on Instagram, Twitter, our CT Publishing channel on YouTube, or on our website at ctpub.com.